You're listening to Haituk Talks, the official podcast of the AYF West. I'm Haik Minasyan. And I'm Susanna Abrahamian. And we're just a couple of Armenians. Talking in the world. A couple of Armenians talking in the world. Welcome to the show, Tigran. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting So, you graduated from the Moscow Institute of Physics, uh, starting your career in space exploration, which is so cool to me. I would love to hear more about that in a bit. Uh, but currently, you are the co-founder and current CTO of Robomart, uh, the creator of the world's first self-driving grocery store uh, here in L.A., And uh, you're also the co-founder and vice president of engineering at RoboCV, uh, the creator of these next-gen forklifts and tow uh, tractors using collaborative AI. Did I say that right? Is that true? <laughs> correct? The definition is close, but I'm ex-VP. Uh, okay, so I'm co-founder, but I'm not involved right now. Okay, gotcha. Um, so... Tigran, uh, we wanted to talk to you today as someone who has a strong background in science and as someone who is well acquainted with the tech industry in Armenia, uh, because we know you are still active in its development uh, of Armenia's science and tech industries through projects such as the Gidush Initiative. Uh, and so we wanted to discuss with you today uh, to give us an update on the tech industry in Hayastan and, and how tech, IT, sciences can play a role in strengthening and contribute to a, a more sovereign, secure, overall successful Armenia. So thanks again for being here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks for inviting. That's Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I can start with the first question. Uh, so Tigran, Armenia has been spotlighted as the potential Silicon Valley of the Caucasus. Um, do you think this perception is true? I definitely, um, I'm sure that we have the potential And even if you look to our uh, history at the close, uh, not not too far, we can see that it's possible. Uh, we have done something similar. Uh, Are you referring to the times of USSR? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Because I I can't go uh, before that. I wouldn't say there was any good example regarding this before that. Yeah, but during the Soviet Union, we saw how. Uh, like out almost of nothing, like we developed this um, scientific, technological ecosystem and then... Modernized, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we were really creating a lot of intellectual property, like products and... Um, I mean, the man, maybe maybe the products were not really manufactured a lot in Armenia, but the intellectual property, a lot of it was created. Well, didn't we have like the most physics labs per capita in like all the Soviet Union? I heard something like that. Um, and we were making like the microchips for computers. I don't know if you remember. I don't know about the physics. I don't know really the numbers, but it was definitely very, very concentrated if you... Per capita, you, you know? Might be, might be. You're a physics guy. I figured maybe you know all the physics history of Hayastan. Pan, I, I've been to the one in Yerevan, the, the physics institute there. Um, it's 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 you can tell that it hasn't had a lot of funding or innovation since uh, Soviet times. But I remember one of them giving us a fact like that. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that fact. It's interesting. I can I can check it out. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, I, I know about the different physics institutes in in Norway. Yeah. 
I think in 2018, the Armenian government reported that the um, the tech revenue continues to rise, and it was the largest foreign investment, considered the largest foreign investment. Um, now we have more than 400 IT companies in Armenia, I believe, and the total revenue was about half a billion dollar. Do you think that's a big accomplishment for a country as small as Armenia is with its population? Because for maybe Americans, half a billion dollar might not be such a big accomplishment. But if we take into account our um, GDP, GDP or whatever. yes, and the number of pop- population, I think it's... Yeah, I think that that's great. Uh, but we, we I think it's important for us to look into the basics or, or fundamentals of why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I will argue is that uh, almost all the cases of the successful startups that we have in Armenia, uh, tech companies, are based on that uh, talent and ecosystem that we had that was left uh, the culture after, yeah. after the Soviet Union, which which we didn't develop. We just like left it to to be as it is, stagnate or whatever. Stagnated, actually, yeah. just to like go down and then it's almost almost uh, entirely gone but also uh, the, pe- the the talent the knowledge the people some of them who who stayed in army who didn't leave um, they started in getting involved in, in some of the private uh, companies or creating private companies and also what's what's more important they teach the next generation and or taught the next generation but also um, if you look like these are Sometimes the kids or grandchildren of the people who used to work in the science or tech industry in the Soviet time. So they transitioned all, all this like culture of knowledge and, uh, and um, loving the knowledge of like it's doing valued, the research. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now you can see these people that are going and working in the, in the high tech industry or creating companies. Uh, and, and we say, yeah, that's great. Like we, we have these things, but we are actually not looking into how we got here. And because of all the, uh, I would say anti-science probably policies that we had all, all these like 30 years, right now we are in a point when we don't get enough talent into the, uh, into the, uh, ecosystem so that it can continue growing do you mean like external talent like from other countries or do you mean like our own talent kind of staying with us or you know even bringing diaspora talent back to home is that what's lacking no i mean internal i mean yeah to different uh, reasons like people come to armenia which is sometimes not dependent on us right yeah uh, i wouldn't say we are very successful in armenia on creating an environment where people would really want to come in any any scenario what yes. is that what you uh, say that's also another another problem mm-hmm. but uh, if you look into like how we are developing the internal talent we really haven't we are like everyone is talking about education right but mm-hmm. uh, there are fundamental problems there which are not being solved like one of the biggest problems in armenia is like the number of uh, teachers like who is going mm-hmm. to teach, teach. Mm-hmm. and uh, the interest into in the in learning in general and in stem fields are really in a in a very low level uh, and and this is uh, in our argument in Gitush, one of the arguments was that uh, one of the main reasons is that we always talked about education and tried to solve the problem of education in a vacuum separate from the from the sciences uh, if that there's a, there's a big connection you can say always like people like to always talk that you need a good education to have a good science but it's also vice versa yeah you can't have a good 
higher education if you don't have scientists. A good foundation or, or a good scientist in your society. In which your, which in can country. be the professors, yeah. right? right? And right, also, right. and the second level, if you go, like how can you have good teachers if you don't have good universities yeah. where there are good scientists, right? So, right. so there is a whole this interconnection between education and science that you can't just develop education separately and say, I'll, I'll deal with the science later. Well, so I, I can see that. I mean, Armenia was an impoverished nation. It still is for the most part. It, it collapsing, Soviet Union, earthquake. You know, there's so many issues that it had. Um, but one of the, you know, the, the really nice things that we've seen in the last 10 years, I don't know how many years Tumo has been around. But, I mean, has things like Tumo or the co-op smart centers, have those, is that that solution you're talking about, like uh, those kind of institutions, or that's not enough? That's 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 really great. This, this initiatives, uh, two more co-op, Armat, laboratories. Like yeah. I, I really like all these on projects. Uh, well, probably a bit more. Maybe I like co-op because it's in Lori where my roots are. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're first Otsuchi. center. Yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm from near Odun. Nice. Uh, yeah, so, but that's just like a personal connection. Yeah, yeah don't worry. Uh, yeah, and. Um, this this is these are very great educational projects and they really bring a lot of value. The question is what are what is this this uh, this youth who go through these programs what they do after. after that when they have this real hunger for knowledge and they and they go to universities uh, or or they don't go right where should go they go next? And if their two education was even maybe better than their college education or something, or or there's no work afterwards, you know, even if they do get a, if, if they are inspired. There is some work, I think. Yeah. Like, not everybody needs to go to university. Actually, the problem, one of the problems in Armenia that a lot of a lot of people who probably don't need to go to university go to university in Armenia, and that lowers the, the quality of higher education. But uh, also the thing is that for let's say I'll talk about engineering, right? I'm, I'm, uh, it's it's very easy for me to talk about engineering, but I don't want to talk on uh, whatever issues we are talking about. It's not only about STEM; it's also the same issues we can talk about humanities and social it's sciences. Everything, yeah. But specifically STEM, because it's uh, I can I can talk about this more like uh, confidently or whatever. yeah, confidently. So yeah. Uh, you can't you can't be really a good engineer if you don't study some of the I don't know, basic fields, and let's say in math mm-hmm. or even in physics. Like even, even the software engineer, I think, needs to know some basics of the, of the physics. If you are going to go into hardware, even more importantly, you need to know physics and some specific fields of physics you need to know very well. Yeah. And, and I see in Armenia, like uh, students go in the first and second year and start, they start working in parallel and when like and, and they don't don't spend enough time on learning and they really limit their ability to grow later yeah i guess it's, it's that. important at that at that like stage really to um absorb all this basic knowledge which is going to help you to uh build all the knowledge after that to become well rounded you know and and i can see that i can that that makes a lot of sense actually so there's the IT industry, which is what we hear a lot about. But is there, when we talk about tech and technology and advancing technology in the industry itself, could you differentiate what, you know, IT is with the broader tech industry? Is there a difference between that and everything else? Yeah, definitely there's a difference. So tech is, I would say, uh, much broader than just IT. Yeah. IT is mostly about software, 
uh, and um, I'm especially a person who likes a combination of software and hardware. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of IT only, like software only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's not actually uh, it's also important for for every country. Right, you can't just like develop only being based on the IT IT knowledge and IT sector. And uh, it's not it's not only about developing economy, right? It's also about what talent and uh, infrastructure you have to solve your own problems. Like, do you have enough uh, companies uh, that can or, or talent that you can form a task? Let's say we need something for the country, and we want to uh, get the get the result, yeah. right? Let's say. Uh, the first one, number one problem is probably like defense-related stuff, yeah. right? Can you uh, implement it internally or not? Do we have the companies or talent inside to formulate the the project, and someone will come and solve it? So, the, in, from this perspective, you it's very important to have the hardware component also developed in the country, which is based also obviously on on se- several scientific fields. Yeah. And the problem right now in the tech in Armenia is that it's not really uh, serving much, I would say, uh, to the Armenians' needs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's mostly like international companies, app-based. At you know uh, how to draw something. You know, uh, there's a famous there's like a famous quote I read about. Uh, it was about Silicon Valley actually, and they were like, uh, the brightest minds of our generation are going to coding for ads for like a yeah. you know a yeah. game apps and stuff. You know, instead of going solving world hunger and cancer and but this that and that. But that might be know? the higher pay that attracts people. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's not only about what what issues they are solving. The, who, who for they are solving the issues uh, sure. like right now and and i'm not saying this is all bad right whatever right. we have right because like, let's look a bit back like we had these outsourcing companies in armenia which is not creating a lot of value right mm-hmm. like whoever is producing and creating the end product they are getting the most of the uh, most of the uh, money yeah. but now we are creating some products but still a lot of companies most of these companies they're uh, headquarters are not in Armenia. Yeah. Their legal entities are based somewhere else. Mm-hmm. The only big benefit is that the founders or like uh, early early employees are Armenians, and, and that's great. They'll they'll get a lot of uh, stocks and stuff, right? And 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 uh, resources, which they can later on invest on on other in other things, uh, or do uh, philanthropy or, or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the thing is uh, that we actually need companies who are really based in Armenia so that the added value is created in, in Armenia. Mm-hmm. And also we need companies that can solve problems for the country. Uh, I, I wanted to mention, based on what you said, we have uh, one company that I, that I know, Pixar. They have headquarters both in San Francisco and in Yerevan. And I think their revenue was... Uh, more than a billion dollar. They're like our top company. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, do you think for them having uh, one of their quarters in Yerevan is benefiting Armenia in any way, or? Yeah, that's definitely benefiting. Uh, so let let me be clear. What I said before, before probably I should be clearer. That's not correct. Like, I'm not talking about headquarters. I'm talking about where is the end like legal entity where the shareholders are. And where they are getting the the revenue, like yeah, from the which legal entity they are selling their uh, products or services. So, uh, from that perspective, I'm I'm sure their uh, legal entity, final, like the the head legal entity, is is in the U.S. 
-hmm. And so that's the same. That's the same issue. But it's great that they have a head, uh, like one of the headquarters in Armenia. That's definitely is uh, much better than if we didn't have the at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so is the advantage of having a legal entity in the U.S. or wherever? I mean, is it tax? Is it just easier to do business that way? Is that what what the issue is? It's just uh, it's a known environment for investors. Yeah. yeah, there are there are very low risks. People have invested in so many can companies in this legal environment. Like an, uh, a small country in Caucasus, it's bigger risks for investors. But but isn't that like what the appeal of all this was in the end, like tech and IT? That here we have a landlocked country where you know we're we're, we're closed off. We don't have sea access. Like here's an industry that we can sell products and uh, do things online or whatever, uh, move product further because of uh, depending on what it is. So. Um, you'd think that maybe the, uh, we wouldn't have an issue like that. Maybe even if our government had like these tax incentives and this and that, or uh, was able to work with governments and ease maybe like double taxation, etc. Uh, there'd be an incentive to have the legal entity in Armenia, but it seems like it's still easier to be abroad for most of these companies. I, I don't think that we have done all the things we could have done in Armenia to make it more uh, interesting for investors to come. Well, isn't there... I thought there was a tax incentive, though, for IT companies, or there's, like, a tax... In Armenia or outside? Yeah, yes. There is. But they lowered it, right? There's yeah. a 10% tax for, like, flat tax for, for startups. Mm. Uh, that, that's great, but if you compare to other tools that other, other countries are doing, like, one of the tools is this thing called super deduction, right? For every... Uh, X amount you invest in R&D, you get uh, 4X tax deduction. Like they do these things and it's really uh, beneficial, like interesting for like tech companies or they create special zones where uh, English law applies mm -hmm. and it is much more like easier for the investors to understand. So there are a lot of tools that we haven't even tried yet. Uh, so, uh, Tigran, what opportunities did Armenia lock for you that you decided to come to the U.S. and um, start your uh, companies here or advance your companies here? So, it's only one company for now. Mm -hmm. uh, my first company was in uh, in Moscow. And I think the problems I will outline is more or less the same. Uh, it's not... First of all, I met my co-founders here. It's not like... There's a company the, there and you brought yeah, it here or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's first. Second, um, I'm not considering myself as like, uh, I've moved, fully moved to, to the US, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, a working environment for me. There's a, the market here and uh, we are just bringing, really creating this new uh, new product, uh, yeah. product which yeah. or service which can really revol revolutionize the how people get their goods. Um, so I would say the number one reason is probably market. There's no obviously market in, in, in Armenia. Mm -hmm. um, second, I would s still, uh, tell that there is also an issue with the number of talent still. This is one of the reasons, uh, yeah, one of the reasons actually why I myself got so interested into what Kitur is doing mm -hmm. with all these problems with the investment in R&D. It's like starts probably, I don't know, 10 years back when I was first in, in my first company and I was thinking, okay, like uh, we are in robotics. Can I get some talent in Armenia? Like, can we develop something there? 
and then I go and I don't find people and then I start digging and trying to understand why like, what's what's the problem like we can't have, have uh, why I can't find people and then you dig deeper and you understand that there are no uh, lab laboratories in the universities or research groups where people do these things and there are no professors this was 10 and years ago like yeah like start yeah. I would say it's like, like started maybe and about two, 10 years ago Tumo started like three years after that or something like that I don't know so. yeah but again it's it's Tumo is not relevant it's, to this a bit it's it's, it's not very great yeah it's very great on um foundations like, like really uh, inspiring kids to learn more like and and giving them opportunity at the uh like school level but I'm talking about like real Next. like masters yeah. phd higher education after that yeah. like people doing research really in a competitive uh, scientific fields yeah. and here we have a really big problem especially with some applied applied topics since you mentioned gitush can you please tell us what the initiative is about and what's the purpose of gitush yeah the purpose is very simple the initiative is advocating for higher investment in r&d Uh, mm. Our R&D spendings in Armenia, at least one percent of GDP, pub public expenditures, and uh, popularizing science and R&D. Is, is there a difference uh, between diasporan investment? I mean, we talked about some of these diasporan programs and nonprofits, but what's the difference between them trying to help uh, spark this industry and this uh, in this education and public? Um, and like government sponsored, maybe support. You said public funding, right? For uh, for R and D, um, is there that's government? Public yeah, is, yeah, public yeah. is government. Uh, but like, what's you know, what can they do that uh, the rest can't, or like a like a diaspora can't go and uh, go and do that there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, it's, it's this is not only about like spending money. Yeah, that that's not even the probably first thing. I mean, in the end, like countries compare themselves with their R&D expenditures, but obviously that's not just a number there. Like, okay, we just spend more and, and we compare. Obviously, they they think how uh, they should invest strategically, like in focus, where they need to focus. Yeah, creatively. Uh, so that's one thing that, uh, like, like the uh, country's science policy is one thing that the government only can do. Also, it's not only about just giving money for scientific research, right? You need to, uh, if we if we like break down R and D, there's like basic research, applied research, and development. So basic research is like yeah, we are just exploring. It's interesting, like curiosity-driven research. But even here, you can have priority fields, uh, which should depend on what you want to do in in the other two, like applied research and development. Here, uh, the most important thing for the government is to understand: okay, what are the country's needs? Like, in which fields I want to advance? What is my strategy in different things? Let's say uh, defense or economic development, and these are the uh, capabilities I want to develop. And I'm going to invest my uh, my my taxpayer money into these fields, and then we can understand: okay, if we want to develop this, it means We need to develop these scientific fields. Focus more of the basic research funding into these fields. I see. So it can help. Like what government can do and the state can do is help uh, put it all together. Like all these private or independent kind of organizations or companies, you know, are pieces of the puzzle. But what uh, 
what the government can maybe do is uh, help coordinate it in, in a more efficient way for it to also uh, be more co- uh, cohesive. Well, actually, I wanted to ask, like, I wanted to bring up an example. Like, for example, we want to, uh, Armenia needs a satellite. We would uh, do so much better if we had, um, you know, remote sensing and the ability to uh, see imagery uh, on a daily basis. It would help agriculture. It would help our water resources. It will help security. So, you know, I know that recently Armenia uh, contracted with the company to have some sort of satellite capabilities. But like you were just saying, uh, in its involvement in developing that, what would be the steps or what would the government need to do to help get a satellite into a satellite company or a satellite in Armenia to help develop Armenia? So yeah. first of all, that's the thing. Like, should we should understand like which satellites do we need, or do we need a satellite or not? Probably yes, but which satellites we need? Like, mm-hmm. this is all depends on what are our needs. Like, as a country, that's that's the job of the government, right? Like right. We, as citizens, elected the government to understand what are the needs for the country, and uh, we are paying the taxes so that they can use and and their salaries so they can uh, put together programs and implement them give us direction this is in the like nutshell right like obviously yes. it's much more complex yeah. so uh there is there is some program like how how we see that uh, the the country should develop and in every in every uh area there are challenges which you can solve through r&d spendings like through r&d programs okay and you need to uh, put put out these uh, programs and saying like, okay, I have these problems and formulate in some way that, uh, I don't know, research institutes, universities or private industry can come and and solve them. Not every, not every solution will be based on some research and development, but if you want innovation, you want new ways, much more efficient ways, R&D is one of the main, main like crucial tools. Okay. Let me try to put it in another way, right? So the government's role here is to define what are the needs yes, and understand where they can motivate others to invest, like create environment for the tech, private investors or whoever, or maybe some other countries like foreign investment, right. and understand where uh, others won't invest, but this is necessary, so I will invest myself with the taxpayer money mm-hmm. because this is crucial. I see. This is needed for the sovereignty, right? <laughs> this is needed for our existence, for, Why for the they, well-being of the citizens. Let's say we, you know, our government is unable to figure this out. Like let's, they don't know what that direction or what the pieces of the puzzle are to help R and D or help uh, um, fill those gaps in. I mean, what would what should they do? Should they hire a, a consulting firm to help figure them out? Uh, have you seen something someone Look, in this situation? Even that is acceptable. The the most important thing is do you see the need and are you able to execute it? Yeah. Even if you hire someone that can do... Well, that's basically what the government does, right? They hire ministers and, and, and all the personnel just to, to yeah. do this. Or you need to hire someone from external, whatever, do it. But it needs to work. It needs to happen. If you if you can do it, it means you're a bad government. 
That's why I mean, it feels like we don't have those people in our government to be like that know well enough to do that. They don't have the experience and they don't have the uh, they don't have the connections out there. That's why it's, it's frustrating. But and let you know, me ask this it. question: Do they have the ability to listen to people like you? Let's say if you go to them and you say, "I think our country needs this, this, and this." Do they have the transparency to talk to you about the things that they invest in or the things that they're doing? And they do they have the ability to listen to people? Uh, Look, it's so we need to understand. Government is not one person. Of course, it's always different people. I was trying. And we have seen like, like many different types. Obviously, we talked a lot. Like uh, I, I, I'm uh, myself active in the initiative, though it's a very big. There's a big community. There's more than 170 individuals, like about 20 organizations, associations, business associations, and funds that have joined the initiative. Uh, there is a group of people who are like active, more active than than other members. Um, so we talked a lot with different people. Um, some of them didn't really understand. They were like surprised, really, like what can science give us, or like what programs you have. I, and, and we were in some cases we we knew that there are programs in the in the. Uh, government structure in the special unit which is responsible it's called in armenia it's called science one of the agencies actually that is responsible for r&d funding is called science committee they are mostly funding basic research like we knew that they had some programs and then we go and talk with the higher levels of the government and they say what programs are there i said look there are programs if you request in the ministry, they have programs. Like maybe you should look at them. Yeah, sure, okay. and they really okay. We'll we'll request. Okay, so sometimes it's about even like facilitating so that the processes go ahead, go go ahead. I see. But in some cases, you 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 see people which really don't understand what the science is, or they find like million reasons why. It can't be done in Armenia. Are you talking like, about people that are appointed in those fields? Like they are people in the tech field, but they don't understand? Because I um, think we have had some of those people who the, are not even the background in a special industry, but they are in that. You mean in the government? Yeah. Uh, look, there, there uh, a lot of people who are not responsible for these fields, mm-hmm. even they can talk about that. But I think it's uh, it shows the general... Um, mood inside the uh, government bodies, how they relate to science. Mm. I mean, right now, I can say that there's a, there's a progress. Like at least we don't see public announcements from people like talking really crazy things about science and scientists, like nonsense. We've yeah. seen it before. Like for the wow. last year, I can say that at least we haven't, we don't see that. And are those people who have background in science just, or they don't no, and they no, give no. themselves the credibility no. to talk? Okay. Like uh, there were people like I remember giving interviews saying uh, we should um, sue the scientists because they just get the money and just write some scientific papers. What is this? They what? just didn't understand. Yeah, well, why are we paying for this? Like wow. this, sometimes this is the level of, of some understanding uh, of it. Some officials. But... Um, I would say there are also people who understand, maybe not deeply, but they they still understand. Yeah. Uh, and it's possible to find uh, some like common ground with them, discuss, and it's 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 always hard because uh, it, it's easy to push something forward if advocate for something when you know there are some uh, there are people that can do that. They have the program and they can do that. But in some cases, 
uh, it's even more complex. You need actually, the government actually needs to create some new unit which needs to do some new thing. And this is a really complex thing. Uh, like uh, another agency which is obviously is funding R&D is the uh, defense R&D in Armenia. And uh, I mean, it's obviously like very closed. And uh, one thing that is amazing there is that you can see that last year they had some budget and they spent less than half of it. And then end of year, they transferred the budget to some other things. And but this is really uh, like... It's concerning. Uh, it, it's concerning. It means... Uh, no, and this is um, another concerning thing there is that for about two years, the head... That that group didn't have the head person who was going. Oh, they didn't have the a a chief or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. Oh, the chief of the staff of the defense. You no, mean no, no, or defense R and D. Oh, the R and D thing in the high tech industry ministry. There's a yeah. special unit for. And they didn't hire defense. someone or put someone there yet. For two years, they didn't have. Is this since the war? It was essentially, like before and after. What are they doing? Uh, and there, so now there is for the, for the last two. For three months, there's a two months. I think there's a person who did a new appointed person. Let's see how it goes. But uh, again, even even after that, like last year they cut the budget end of the year, which you think okay they were not able to spend it. Now they cut it, but this year they had slightly more budget than last year. Yeah. But in April they cut it a bit. Like why? How can you do this? Like it it's means like you don't maybe. understand. You know, they're just okay. trying to show people that we are. They make the PR stunt about it, and then you know afterwards they'll cut it when no one's looking. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's interesting, right? Uh, there's always news about mm -hmm. when the, some funding gets increased, but there's no news when, when it gets cut. Gets That's cut. what I'm saying. Is like, look, we are, we do care about this and that. I mean, we've seen a number of like these uh, small drone companies like come up in the last year or two, and it, it is nice to see. It's definitely not the solution or what's going to help us defend our country uh, against those bayraktars or whatever. Uh, um, I mean, uh, but uh, I don't know how well how well you know the involvement of the R and D and the government in that. But uh, is that a product? This recent resurgence of these drone companies is the government involved there a little bit with that, helping promote it. Uh, I think yeah, they are showing in different videos that they are involved in some of the programs, supporting yeah. in some ways. So that'd be like an example of like that's really kind of helping. Uh, it's really. It's, uh, it's amazing like, that uh, and, and disturbing if you check the budget. It's uh, every year it's about ten million dollars budget for defense R and D, and they don't spend it. That's so only ten million. We think too. it needs to be at least as much as for basic research. You spend like fifty million. You need to increase from ten to fifty. So there's another thing. I like see when, double when we, it. <laughs> triple it. The only. Uh, when we had uh, discussions at some point, and uh, probably the the last, um, like after after discussing and um, uh, cutting through a lot of nonsense arguments with the government officials, the last one that we heard was, uh, okay, we can, we don't have the problem. We can invest one percent of GDP. Yeah, that's not money is not a problem. The problem is our ecosystem can't spend it efficiently. Mm. And and it's like really amazing that you can get such an answer because what we were uh, advocating for is that we need to fix in a law that we are going to spend at least 1% of GDP in 2024, starting from 2024. So it means you have time to prepare. And second, until that time, 
you need to invest increasingly in how you increase your capabilities to spend it efficiently. And one of the main things that the government should do in this case, in our opinion, is first of all, they need to define the needs and start these R&D programs. And second, we need to start really investing a lot of resources into how we bring scientists and engineers to Armenia. Yeah, people that know what they're, uh, how to get it going. And there's yeah. a lot of talent in diaspora, which they can easily do. But they, they, start, they are starting right now, like a few weeks ago, they launched a new program for uh, international researchers to go, go to Armenia or do remote projects. Is FAST doing it? No, this is government. Oh, this is government. government. Just like, uh, uh, I I can share the links. They they announced it a few weeks ago, and the second one they announced last week, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem there is the targets they are putting there, like 10, 20 people this year, which is like nothing. It's not enough. Because just just to, if you look at the numbers of uh, how how fast we are declining in the scientific uh, human capital, uh, we have um, about 3,600 people in, in total, like in Armenia, doing yeah. research. And only 2,500 of them have PhDs. Yeah. And thousands of them are older than 65 years. Yeah. It's a Soviet generation. So we have this huge gap in the like mid-ages, I would say. And That's an issue you need to bring... Like, I don't know, at least 200 people a year, not like 10 or 20. So that we can catch up and... Like, at least at least, at least, least stagnate. Yeah, at least stagnate, not that we're in a deficit. Well, I mean, you you were saying how they're going to raise the military defense but, uh, R&D budget in 2024. It's like one year before Artsakh is gone. Um, but it's interesting you, you mentioned that middle-aged uh, group that we're missing. And that's actually how I'd always explain to people why Armenia is having such a difficult time economically or in general uh because uh and i don't blame that generation it wasn't their fault that the soviet union collapsed war earthquake all those things happened but the way i look at it is there's an entire generation of people your age and below let's say who didn't have parents for the most part that could uh give them their the advice they needed to uh, survive in a capitalistic free market world and this and that you know they they had a different education system they had a different uh are you talking uh, about not having the soviet union influence it's just that like you went from the soviet union's economy culture and uh and whatever a system to uh, a completely different one and so they were basically there's an entire generation of uh you know of armenians out there that are unable to support the younger generation and uh in in doing things if anything science is one of the only things left that there is an older generation that can help because that stuff translates you know but uh but in terms of scaling business mostly and in the stem fields yes because obviously humanities and social scientists in soviet union were not Science, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Because it was all under propaganda. Right. It was serving the state propaganda, so there yeah. was not really a competitive uh, challenge, community yeah. in these fields. And and we see actually that even today, like 96% of our scientific peer-reviewed publications are in STEM fields. What you said was very true, and, uh, and in that maybe, you know, where are those... 
Armenian parents that can give you the advice and the support you need and the, the money for this and that. It's the diasporan parents. The diasporan Armenian parents could fill that gap. Even if it's not them, they can spend the money in bringing uh, you know, uh, non-Armenians to Armenia to help fill those gaps as well. I mean, uh, freaking Azerbaijan with all their cash, that's what they're doing. They're bringing in the specialists from every country in the world to come modernize them and improve their logistics. And I mean, it's, they have cash to spend. They, that's what cash can get you. But you know? I also think that there might be a knowledge gap between like scientists of the Soviet Union times oh, yeah. and then scientists now because science is always evolving uh, even like the equipment uh, the technology that we're using for example I was working at a laboratory doing PCR for COVID testing and nothing was manual well uh, when I was working for uh, at UC Irvine doing research we were doing everything manually but for like big sample size when we're testing like thousands of people we're not doing anything manually we have the machines in there doing everything but those machines have been uh, developed like five years ago right so they weren't around yeah no I mean I think the the Armenian military like a lot of their offices are all done through paper still it's not uh, there's no computers there. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know about the military, but there is definitely an issue with the infra- with the equipment infrastructure, which requires a lot of investment, and the government is not. It's like they are, yeah, we'll do next year, or let's maybe get some grant from somewhere. And like uh, out of 25 billion Armenian drums that was uh, in a budget for this year for, for science, 2.5 was was supposed to come through some European grant. There's no sound about that. Do you know where all that money went? Uh, democracy and anti-corruption, but no, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Where that, but <laughs> it didn't. I, I don't. I didn't hear anything about it. It was supposed to go for for equipment. Yeah, and and was they, it going to the tech ministry? No, this is in the Ministry of Education, ministry Science, of Education. And Culture, and Sport. And there is no transparency about what happened with the grant. No, no, it's not like it came and it disappeared. Oh, it didn't. There's nothing about. Is it is it coming? Like, have you applied for it? Like, did you have it before? Like, or why did you write in a state budget? (laughs) Someone must have said it over the phone and like, okay, we'll write it. (laughs) No, um, well, I think what I was thinking about the older generation of scientists is like, uh, them not they might know the knowledge or understand the theory behind a lot of the things that maybe Tigran's working on, but uh, scaling it and turning it into something that can make cash internationally and like uh, able to uh, market their business. Um, I think that's what uh, maybe they're not able to do. Uh, and or that's being what, open. Being open to like retraining. Let's say if we retraining. have new technology, you have to do retraining, new protocols. Tigran, what would you say is what's uh, you know uh, a challenge for the that older generation of Armenian scientists in helping uh, rebuild you know the the lack of science and scientists science experts in Armenia right now? Uh, look, there are I think uh, these people which still um, are active, still active, yeah, and uh, and when I when I say scientists, I really I mean, I put the meaning in that. It's just not someone who claims he's a scientist. He needs to Doctor. prove it through yeah. uh, publications, right? Yeah. Even even not PhD, which they got in Armenia, which in, in some cases is not really a PhD. Oh. <laughs> but, but uh, it's by international peer-reviewed publications. Uh, so that's unfortunately the only way right now to, to judge if someone is really uh, able, uh, yeah. is some uh, not able, but actually giving a scientific result or not. So their problem, I know, I talk to a lot of people. Uh, they they can't get enough talent to train them. 
or even if they get some people, they train them and then they they defend and they leave. They yeah. don't stay. And the problem is that these people at some moment go to pension or, or die. Yeah. And the whole scientific school is just like gone because last, yeah. there is no next generation to continue the work they were doing. And for the last 10 years, we saw this happening over and over again. Like many fields which were really competitive in Armenia just disappeared because the main person died and there is no one to continue his work or her work. And so Gitush, Gitush is trying to fill this gap with your guys' organization. Is that what kind of it, the issue we are actually we are, we are we are so if if you just like look at one thing right about one year ago uh, we started uh, as a public campaign. I mean the discussions and like more private discussions were happening before, but as a public campaign and then as Gitush because that word appeared at that moment. Uh, we started last February. And before that, if you if you look into the media, there is not really a lot of uh, talk about science, about R and D in general. Yeah. Uh, now, if you check after that, like almost every day there is something in the media, and this is important. I mean, so and and this is also to the credit of the media in Armenia, which, despite all the like sometimes political differences and some of them obviously are more independent than the others uh, they all almost all cover the topic of science and uh, they go to young scientists they talk about their work they they get an interview from them and uh, this is this is really great I mean these days you can see like it's it's getting popularized trendy whatever. but overall yeah that's that's one of our goals like uh, creating a public demand so that the public understands that is important and it will eventually translate into the actions of the government because they need to do it. I see. Um, so so, so working, working with journalists, working with media outlets, um, yeah. you know, working with them to try to gain awareness for We it. even did uh, uh, one program with, uh, it was uh, Gitur, uh, ISTC and Yerevan State University. Uh, last year we did this boot camp uh, science and Technology Journalism nice. Bootcamp. And uh, we had 11 graduates from there. And all of them, I think, went and they are working either in media or in companies in their PR departments. And they are working on communicating with science and techies. This year we are doing the same. Like uh, I think maybe they are even targeting to have more people there, more participants. And eventually we would want this to become a... Uh, maybe master's program in the university. That's right? genius, Tigran. I, I see what you're getting at. Is like we have to create this culture of understanding the importance of science and technology. And you know we have our limited resources, so we're going to work on those media students to inform them and teach them about the importance of all this, so that when they go out there, they educate the public and it can yeah. have that ripple effect. Very good. That yeah, because good. I mean, I, we, we saw if you discuss with people almost in the government, in the media, there was like this perception that science in Armenia is gone. Like It's like, like some uh, old people who don't do nothing. <laughs> like, we should close the Academy of Sciences. And, like, why do we need even, like, science? Like, why people need to write papers? Like, all understanding of these basic things. Uh, I mean, there are problems with the system in Armenia. I'm not yeah, talking about yeah. that. But saying that uh, th there's a difference saying we should close the Academy of Sciences right. with 
we should reform the academy. Yeah, rather than try to fix it. Because we need it. It's essential for us. We can't just close and say, like, we don't need it. That's what I'm laughing at. So uh, I can can say that with a lot of these questions, I can see progress. Like, people are thinking differently. And uh, most importantly, influencing influencer people and also in media there's a there's a change in understanding because it's important you can say that journalism is like independent but no they always by the way they are asking questions it's always uh has impact on what message you are giving to uh, to the listener yeah what about influencing the younger generation because i remember when i was back in armenia i went to school in armenia first to eighth grade and i don't remember that there was a big emphasis on science unfortunately there wasn't or there was there was not uh. unfortunately i had a basic against sabanutun which is like biology yeah. but it wasn't anything too big they taught you chess <laughs> <laughs> basically and i went to school in yerevan in Nornork. so i'm wondering can we maybe um, start with the with the school generation, the young generation. Maybe implement some programs with the schools so they can tell the kids how important science and technology is. Because I look, think look, it should start from the young yeah. ages. Yeah, definitely, we should start from. Uh, we should work there. I I, sh- I I don't agree that we should start there. We should do in parallel. Yeah. Because all these programs that we discussed, Tumo, like Coaf, uh, Armat, and and uh, other programs, they. It's great. They are they are starting there, right? You can say that they are working there, and it's great. I'm I'm not saying that they were there for thirty years. Obviously, they started probably during the last ten years. Is it years. accessible to everyone? So, um, Tuma and Koaf, uh, they are localized in some places, but Armat is in half of the schools of Armenia. Armat Laboratories, yeah, which Armat is labs. like STEM STEM labs, they are in in uh, I think half of the schools in Armenia. So that's that's already a scale, and they are. And they are going forward and mm-hmm. now adding some additional programs in some of the labs. So, so that's really that that's that's, that's a big scale. Yeah. Uh, but the question is, okay, we interested. We really did this. Uh, now they are interested. What what's next? Like right. this generation that grows. Like mm-hmm. what's going to happen? I mean, we should we, obviously. You can send some of them to study abroad, but then you have lesser chance of them coming. Maybe they won't back. come back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and in the beginning and 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 you can influence their decision of coming back by creating opportunities in Armenia. Yeah. If you, if they don't see there is a uh, if if the government the society does not give importance to the science, you say okay, I love doing science, I'll stay there. So in addition to a lot of things we've talked about in terms of the challenges that we have. Do the lack of like actual physical natural resources play a part in like it kind of slowing down, uh, you know, new companies and new initiatives in Armenia in terms of science? I don't think so. No, yeah. I don't think that's. Uh, I mean, there are uh, a lot of company uh, countries. You see, they have resources. Like, it does not mean yeah. that resources definitely means that you are going to be uh, developed and prosperous. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I mean, even the resources we have, uh, like uh, we have metals. Like, yeah, we know, have yeah. we have some 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 resources, obviously. Um, but I think in in this in these times, in twenty first century and even in twentieth century, at least second half. Uh, I mean, it's more and more importantly of uh, of the brain power. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with that? I think it's also important, maybe, to discuss what. Uh, what the diaspora can do in this sense because it's not yes. like 
might be the impression that I'm saying until the government does its job, nobody can do anything. Yeah. Obviously, we need to demand from the government to do their job. That's that's no uh, there's no question there. But uh, while doing that, we need to also uh, do our uh, best to um, to advance these issues yeah. to to get to the solution. And here, I mean, there are there are many different ways. Like if there are like scientists in in diaspora, I would really uh, ask them to look into the opportunities there are in Armenia. And there's a state programs, the ones I mentioned, and there's uh, they started giving some really much better and bigger grants uh, last year for the people in Armenia, or now they are announcing new programs which people can uh, apply to and move to Armenia, do research there. But there's also other funds. Uh, you can check our uh, community of Gituj, like you mentioned FAST, but there's also ARPA, yeah. ISA, and... Uh, and there are like uh, other other funds are forming and people are doing and also uh, so so I think they can, they need to check their look into these funds and opportunities and then move if they really see that their their knowledge their talent can be applied. Well, there's orgs like Engineer Armenia now too and AESA right yeah there's, so we have some of those diaspora orgs that people could get involved in as well and they're trying to connect. To out there as well you know which is cool yeah and uh, the other thing is like i think it's very important right now if there are people who are who can really help to define these state programs to get involved because we see there's a huge lack in armenia of uh, experience and like how should you define your science policy so think like tanks your, we need like think tanks kind of thing think tanks is one of the yeah really missing things that we. i need. think so too and then the third one i mean uh if people have resources like money, they want to invest. I see a lot of people doing that. Um, they go uh, and, and do a lot of things. But one of the things that is really missing, and this, I would say there's a big disbalance here, we don't see people investing um, uh, in, in human capital on the, on the scientific level, like fellowships, right? Mm. People can go and create their own fellowships with their names or people they, they really like. And, I mean, look at the U.S. universities, right? Everywhere you have these, like, named scholarships, fellowships, professorships. Like, we don't see this in, in, in Armenia. Yeah. Even, even in diaspora, I don't see it often. There are some, but I don't see it often. Like, it seems like we don't, we just don't do this. I this see more social sciences. Yes, I see yes. like more history and archaeology and like those probably things. Probably more in Armenian studies. Yeah, more Armenian studies, yeah. stuff, but not as much as science. Which is which is makes sense. I mean, that's that's understandable. Why in the diaspora yeah. you want to keep like uh, Armenian heritage and, uh, but but right now we in Armenia we really need create to those. to create those uh, you know, scholarships, Grants, fellowships, professorships. Yeah. If people have more resources, let go create them universities. I don't, I don't understand why there is no. I want to build <laughs> private university by some really big philanthropist in Armenia. Or I donate really a college. This. Add a college to like whatever you know. Uh, add a whole new building and make it dedicated to science and bring in the best professors from around the world. And yeah, no, I, I think I the agree. issue I'm seeing here with the diaspora is the fact that they don't fully trust the government. They don't need to work with government. Yeah, they can go around it. Maybe they can go check the fund, the funds which they trust. Maybe if there not is no only one, the government, but also they can create their own. Mm-hmm. Or there are some projects uh, you can see, like some people are fundraising. There is a project called Re Armenia. You can go on their website. There are sometimes scientific projects. You can go and uh, 
yes. uh, donate there. Mm -hmm. Or uh, you can just look in the fundraisings of different organizations. There's also uh, one I forgot uh, to mention. Uh, uh, you, you can check our community of, of uh, organizations in, in, in Gitur. There are some that specifically fund science. Yeah. You can choose whichever one you like. Or in the end, like, look, if you don't have a, uh, you don't find any organization you like, you don't find any project you like, like approach us, we'll try to help. Yeah. Uh, we are not going to, uh, we are not funding science ourselves, but we'll at least connect with people or help the people to create their own, let's yeah. say, scholarships or fellowships. Mm -hmm. We have that experience, by the way. There is uh, one of the founders of, of CRISP and his wife, they created the fellowships on with their names. In Armenia? Nice. Yeah. Crisp the gene editing uh, in no, no, China? No, no, Crisp the uh, <laughs> noise cancellation. So. Oh, right, Crisp, yeah. which actually someone was talking about for us using for this podcast, actually. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. Um, so David and uh, his uh, his spouse, they created two fellowships uh, for space, by the wow. way, research and engineering. Yeah, someone was saying. That's well, amazing. Um, well, I actually wanted to ask you, uh just because you have a background in space exploration, I mean, I'd love to just sit here and talk an hour about just that experience of, uh, I think it was Venus that you worked on or with with the Russian yeah. physics. But, but in your, uh, from your ears and working in that and, you know, just talking to people maybe that are in the field, does Armenia have a potential for some sort of space programs or getting to that industry? Uh, maybe not rocket launches, but uh, I know I mentioned satellites earlier, but Definitely. I really want a satellite. <laughs> Definitely there's a potential and... Uh... And I think it's it's even not it's not only about potential, but this is also about the need. We need to, mm -hmm. whatever uh, frontiers the humanity has, and space is one of them. Uh, for me, I think I define that there are three frontiers for humanity, and space is one of them. Definitely, if you want to be competitive in the world, if you want to be seen as needed as a entity that should exist, if you want the other countries to value you that you are not just yeah uh, something on on a uh, on a map right mm -hmm. <laughs> you are bringing value you need to get into these uh, frontier fields yes and solve problems and yeah. give value which for you and also for for others to see that you are solving some important problems. No, that that actually goes perfectly into this idea of maybe improving Armenia's sovereignty. The, our whole issue right now with in terms of our security is that we don't have enough value for the rest of the world for them to even you know be interested in you know understanding our uh, supporting us and what we want and what we need and uh, entering new fields and being a frontier uh, and having you know we'd have some sort of leverage in space or whatever that other people would need and then they'd be more willing to you know. Uh, accommodate our needs as well so that's actually really interesting I, I i mean if if there was some sort of a program out there if i went and started a space academy no no space academy but would you be interested in the future to kind of be involved in something like that uh in the frontier of uh, space science in hayastan yeah yeah sure cool. i'm i'm uh, unlimited I'm, money i'm really helping uh, right now more like uh, on a voluntary basis like with some uh activities on on advancing the uh, whatever research is happening yeah. just just to uh, create the capabilities for for uh, competitive internationally competitive research and it's really uh, the main field which is inspiring for in space
Because I have you here, I did want to quickly ask, because there was that news of that satellite that went up. Actually, yep. I think we would all be interested in to hear if you have a, a, an opinion on this, but what value does that have? If you could explain what we have right now in terms of that contract we did with the Spanish company, that satellite, what sort of benefit is that giving us right now? Uh, so first of all, um, I mean it's fine if you if you buy the satellite from someone else. Yeah. For the, as a first first uh, first thing, um, I mean I'm 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 still trying to figure out some nuances. But as the as the also our government and the company already announced that it's called Armsat. So we uh, own it or we're renting it? We own it. Uh, there is no full clarity on that yet. I hope we own it. Yeah, so. uh, and I think eventually, at least, it will be passed fully to uh, Armenian entity. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in space, there is this thing called uh, every country has a list of space objects. Basically, every space object has a has a flag on it, like yeah. like ships, right? Or it's like HTML, the website, right? Dot <laughs> e- EUS or whatever. No, it, no, no. This is this is uh, in <laughs> a, uh, when when countries are joining space treaty, mm-hmm. uh, outer space treaty, right? They they are mandated to do some things, and one of the things is like you need to have a list of register of space objects that uh, that mm-hmm. are registered in your country, basically, uh, which have your your country's yeah. flag on it, right? So. The question is always: Will Is this going to it? be yeah. with Armenian flag or not? So yeah. let's let's wait and see. Uh, I hope so. Uh, so the other benefit is definitely they are creating a ground station in Armenia and, and oh, they are creating the the ability to get the data, process it. That's definitely important and going to um, create the human capital and, and the capabilities. Yeah, I feel like we need the experience. We don't have the experience that really. To know what to do with maybe a satellite, even on. T- would you agree with that, or we do we have the people that know what to do with? Yeah, the the company Geocosmos, which is the state company, which is um, which collaborated with the Spanish company yeah. Atlantis to um, Atlantis, sorry, okay. to uh, with this project, um, they have that uh, capability. They were already. Uh, getting some data from satellites and processing. Nice. It. So they had already been kind of gaining some huh. sort of experience over the few last few years. Nice. So earlier, uh, Tigran, you were saying that in the last year or so that media has been more keen to highlight all the new technological advances or the new investments. I mean, do you think that's a, a, a consequence of the war or, or, or like a result of the war? You know, us knowing that technology is so much more necessary now for our own security. I think so, yeah. I think it's part of the reason. Yeah. Finally, it got to many people to that uh, if you want really to be competitive, and if you really want uh, peace, as we uh, we are talking all the time today, you can't just like talk about peace. Yeah, I want a peace, and then people we want peace, right? That's not the way it works. Yeah. If you want a peace, it means you need to make it costly for others. To not to want, to not want peace. <laughs> oh, well, the, why did they build all those nuclear weapons on both sides and no one uh, ended up using them because the other side had a bunch of nuclear weapons and yet yeah. there, there's your peace. It yeah, sucks, so, but... Uh, that's the only uh, sure way to have a peace. Otherwise, you are going to beg for peace. They're going to abuse you. No, they're going to bully you. You know, Until you stand up to your bully, they're going to take advantage of you because they can get away with it. But Yeah, I don't think begging in our case will help. No, <laughs> no, we have mean neighbors. They're not very nice. Pites... Um, uh, so there's this like a greater awareness as to the importance of tech. Um, I mean, 
again, I don't, you know, I, I know your specialty is in, in, let's say, weaponry and like those kind of things in defense. But um, in uh, in addition to small drones uh, that we're developing pretty well right now, what else do you think we could uh, the what could benefit us in terms of security, uh, other areas of science? I think it's really important uh, uh, these days to because it's all about increasing the efficiency, speed, right, and um, uh, reconnaissance capabilities. Uh, so I think um, it's important to develop the fields of autonomous systems, which in in turn means that you need to have advancements in um, in certain fields of math, computer science, uh, robotics, which means hardware, electronics, communications. I want a robot uh, army. I want an army of robots. And uh, and also, it's also very important to invest in cybersecurity research because it is part of the modern warfare, uh, warfare, and and ability to defend yourself. So. Um, yeah, this is just a quick one. Obviously, and I think it's also important for uh, important to invest in in biotech because you don't know what other people want to develop uh, as as a weapon, as a bioweapons. Bioweapons, Jesus Christ. Which which is banned, but I mean, a <laughs> lot of things are banned. Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's not stopping So you anyone. need to at least have a knowledge and capability to assess the risks. That's yeah. it. Even just for assessing the risks. I think one of the important things that is lacking in um, in Armenia, which which uh, comes to also my uh, part of my profession, is this thing called systems engineering, which is uh, which is about creating uh, complex systems, system of systems, and this is it's a whole uh, like knowledge and and set of tools of of how you create such things and one of the important things there is uh, risk management mm. uh, I don't think we do risk management very well mm. which sometimes just just comes to the point when you need to write down the risks and assess them like say what's the uh, what's mm. the probability and the severity of this risk and then you start Make tackling yeah. which is the highest risk I need to work mitigate this risk I need to find a way or how I'm doing that like and and this is not only in, in like tech or something. It's on on every system, even on a state level. Like you need to define your risk and risks and mitigate them. Yeah. And this there is a big lack, I think, in it's an entire in industry in America. In this yeah. Uh, and and one of the things I think also like uh, uh, if if you come to uh, research and development, right. Mm-hmm. Even even how to manage the research and development process is really like people people don't really know this in, in Armenia. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you you can see that a lot of problems on on why I was talking that the the funding was not being spent. Yeah, is that they treat R and D as like uh, a binary result. It's either positive or negative, which is which is with R and D is not like that. Yeah. Even a failure is like progress in a sense, right? Where you yeah, and there are ways things. how to measure that. Like if you look in, um, in uh, I don't know, US, like Europe, uh, or or um, I don't know, I'm sure like Canada and Britain, like mm-hmm. yeah, uh, they have this thing called uh, f- uh, technology readiness level, mm-hmm. and 
they rank every technology from zero to nine, depending on how ready it is for production, mass production yeah. and use. Yeah. So that already means they don't look at things as binary. Right. So you can say that, okay, I did the work. It's not a nine, but it progressed from three to six. It means I have a great project progress. And this is not being applied. We don't have those measurement systems. KPIs. or Yeah, interesting. To conclude our wonderful and very interesting conversation, Dina, what advice could you give to someone who wants to pursue a career in the tech industry and also hopefully they want to give back to Armenia in some way in the future? So definitely if, if you want to pursue a career in the tech industry, I think it's very important to really uh, learn the things which are going to form your basis. Uh, so I think maybe in... This is this is specific to Armenia. When I, what I've seen right now that people really start working from the second or third year. So in that case, I really uh, wanna advise them: don't uh, rush into it. Yeah, don't rush into it. It's uh, and I know it's tempting, and the family sometimes like pushes, like, "Hey, you are grown enough. Like, you, you need to start yeah. earning some money yeah. and help the family." That's that's really uh, important, and and I really appreciate that. I mean, it's it's very important to help. But just think about this like this: if you if you spend another, I don't know, three, four, five years mm -hmm. studying, whatever you are going, how you how you are going to help your family is going to be much more. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and you are going to help another sixty years on different level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these several years is very important to really focus, study, get the knowledge which is going to really help you to be on a completely different level. If you start working from the first year, you are just really, you are missing the opportunity to form all these like bases, yeah. which is going to make you really successful in the future. Mm -hmm. You can't become, really, people, people, not everyone is able to do well self-education. So, I mean, I mean, I know there are exceptions. There are of people course. you don't even need probably professors for them. They will do it. But these are exceptions. Mm -hmm. So if you are not one of these people, and most probably you are not, then you need to really go find the really good teachers. That's also important. I'm not saying just listen to anybody. Yeah. Uh, find the good teachers and really absorb all this information, knowledge, in, in math, in, in physics, in, in whatever fields you are interested. Mm -hmm. But obviously math is uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, physics also in some sense I would say is everywhere. Yeah. So, and, and choose the specific fields which you need to dig more like deeper into. This is very important. And then after that we can talk about like how you can help. Like yeah, really like give, give back to, to Armenia or the community. So, but uh, and, and I would say also that in parallel to this, try to find a way how to be connected. If you are not in Armenia or even if you are in Armenia, like be connected to know what's happening in the field, yeah, in the tech field or what's happening, like what are the uh, main issues, how you can help the with the, with the I don't know, government initiatives or or uh, public initiatives, mm -hmm. uh, private initiatives. Maybe getting uh, through some organizations that we have? Like, how should we expect students to Look, get involved? Or yeah, if we are talking about uh, science specifically or mm -hmm. research, I can recommend to look our uh, Facebook page or um, mostly we, we post a lot there. 
if there is about like tech you can go and check there are like tech associations mm -hmm. in Armenia mm -hmm. which are most of them are part of our community you can check yes. the com uh, organizations which are in our community mm -hmm. on our website and then just follow their pages or newsletters mm -hmm. stay up to date uh, other thing is uh, if you really want to be like fit and be ready to I don't know defend any point there are organizations that are training mm -hmm. people to be ready uh, so I would recommend even looking into that yeah um, so yeah yeah well you know and if you're not going into tech and you want to help support this culture of science in Armenia um, you know uh, everyone can kind of support in their own way in their own fields but I think if you want to support it uh, Gidush initiative is a great place to go and look it up and see what they're up to and help support them uh, I'm a big fan Tigran so great work and thank you for coming and talking with us thank this you. was so much thank fun you. it was a pleasure likewise you are listening to Haituk Talks the official podcast of the AYF West I'm Haig Minasyan and I'm Susanna Abrahamian and we're just a couple of Armenians talking in the world A couple of Armenians talking in the world.